So let's, let's pray. Father God, I pray now that you would open our hearts to you and open our minds that we might think clearly and open our ears that we might hear you. In Jesus' name, amen. A great story from 1 Kings 21, and I'm going to go, I hope, quite deep today. What happens when we don't get what we want? It could be, it could be you love someone, but they don't love you, or they're out of bounds. I like the story that's told of the man walking along the street with a friend when he sees the most stunning woman walking along the pavement on the other side of the road. He follows her with greedy eyes. His friend sighs and says, married with three children. What, said the man? With a figure like that, she can't be. No, you idiot, says his friend. You are. Or maybe... We long to have children but are unable. We long to be wealthy or famous. We desperately want a new job or promotion at work. We want to move but it's just not happening. We want something but it's just out of our reach. It's hard for us today because we live in a world which tells us that everything is possible. The X Factor tells us we can become celebrities. Advertisements tell us that our sex lives can be fantastic and we can have whoever we want. The lottery tells us we can become mega rich. It could be you. Even in our Christian circles, we promote Christian celebrities and tell people that they can become spiritual superheroes. The motto is, think big and you will become big. Now that may be true in the virtual world where we can be who we want, do what we want and have what we want. We can be a model, we can be a superhero. We, it doesn't even matter if we die many, many times. But there comes a moment when we realise that reality is not like that. And the danger is that when we do not get what we want, if the want is big, we end up doing things or living in a way that ultimately destroys us. James, who was the brother of Jesus, wrote, Each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it is conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. And we see that happening in our Bible reading today. King Ahab wanted a vegetable garden. Next to his palace was the vineyard. Ahab thought the vineyard will make a great vegetable garden. So he goes to the owner. Well, we've heard the story. He says, I'll give you another or I'll give you a good price. But Naboth was a man of integrity. He doesn't wish to sell. He believes the land he held was in fact not his to sell. It had been given to his family by God many years earlier, and he held it in trust. 
Now, the story could and the story should have ended here. Ahab had wanted something, he made an offer, the offer was refused. But he doesn't. No doubt it was made worse because Naboth, a commoner, had refused him, the king. It was humiliating. How dare he tell me that God doesn't allow it? Who does he think really matters here? And instead of letting it go, his desire to possess that vegetable garden began to possess him. And in this story, we see how a frustrated desire can bring death, as James says, in two ways. First of all, it paralyzes our lives. We end up tearing ourselves to pieces. This is what happened to Ahab. He doesn't let it go, and it gets bigger and bigger. It eats him up. He withdraws. He refuses to eat, and he sulks. We, we react in different ways when we don't get what we want. Some of us are Violet Elizabeth Botts. Do you remember her in the Williams stories? She screams and screams and screams until she makes herself sick if she doesn't get her way. Some of us are Veruca Salt. Veruca Salt, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Veruca Salt, if she doesn't get away, she has a major tantrum. Well, I, I'm not a Violet Elizabeth, I'm not a Veruca. When I don't get my own way, I have a pity party and I sulk. I sulk because I want those around me to know and to appreciate how much I am suffering because I don't have what I want. And if my life is miserable, then their life can be miserable as well. And it brings death. But a frustrated desire can bring death in another way. Because secondly, it can lead us to do what is wrong, to destroy others and ultimately ourselves. We see that so clearly here. One sin leads to another, to another. Jezebel is Miss 2013. I should say Ms. 2013. She's been taught to stand up for herself, to believe in herself, and to get what she wants. She would be great on The Apprentice. And she goes to Ahab and tells him to stop being such a wimp. Is this how the king behaves? And then Jezebel swings into action. Her assumption is that kings and queens should get what they want, and it doesn't matter how she gets it. She breaks, I calculate, at least four commandments. She misuses the name of God. She calls a religious fast. She bears false witness. She arranges for people to tell lies about Naboth. She murders and she steals. I'm sure she justified herself. Most of us usually do. She's not doing it for herself. She's doing it for Ahab. And even if the technicalities are slightly stretched, Naboth deserves to die because he has refused the wishes of the king. The warning light should go on when our desire for something or someone begins to take us to places where we know we should not go. It's when we draw a red line in the sand and then cross it, and then draw another red line, and then cross that. 
And if because of what you desire or want, you begin to conspire or tell lies, deceive or betray someone, or simply become secretive, please, please, please take another look at the thing that you desire. Perhaps we say, but I would never go to the lengths that Jezebel went. I wouldn't steal, let alone murder. Well, hold on a moment. If, for instance, you want something or someone that somebody else has, then in your heart, for the sake of what you want, you are wishing them dead. They stand in the way to your getting what you want. The Tenth Commandment states, you shall not covet your neighbour's wife and you shall not desire your neighbour's house his field or vineyard, or his male servant, or his female servant, his ox, his donkeys, or anything that is your neighbor's. Why? Because even though we may not have the guts, the ability, or the drive of a Jezebel, we have the heart of a Jezebel. If we desire what another person has, we are actually wishing them dead. And that is ultimately destructive. It leads to the destruction of Naboth and, we are told later, his family. It also leads, finally, to the destruction of Ahab and of his family. God says to Ahab through Elijah, I will utterly burn you up and will cut off from Ahab every male, bond or free, in Israel. And in 2 Kings chapter 9, what God says will happen does happen. Ahab dies in battle and the dogs lick up his blood from the chariot. All his male heirs are killed and Jezebel is thrown from a top window and the dogs eat her body. It is tragic because something so small, so inconsequential, a king desiring to have a vegetable garden leads step by step to something so devastating. So how do we handle it when we don't get what we want? Well, first of all, and this might sound very hard, but actually I find it quite helpful. Remember that there is a judgment. Remember that everyone is accountable. That might sound negative, but when we're dealing with our desires, and especially with those desires which lead us into temptation, it can be quite helpful to remind ourselves that there is a judgment. We are all accountable before God. We will all have to stand in judgment before him. Ahab was, humanly speaking, and, and the evidence testifies to this, the evidence of archaeology, one of the greatest kings of Israel. He completed major building projects. His reign was long and his influence reached far and wide. But the problem with power and success is that it tempts us to think that we are untouchable. We think that laws are there for little people. They don't apply to people like me. That's why I suspect there are so many cases of corruption among political leaders. It's not that their heart is any different to ours, far from it. 
It is just that because other people are always turning to them, they've come to think, or it's easy to think, that they are different. But God does see everything. At the moment, the media is all in a state because it has revealed that spies might be intercepting our phone calls, accessing our Facebook sites, lucky them, and reading our emails. I have to say that I'm astonished that anybody thought anything different ever happened. Nothing is absolutely secret. And even if the authorities don't see what we do, God does see what we do. He does see every website that we click on. He does see every email we write. He does see every thought we think. Jesus warns us that what we whisper in the bedroom will be proclaimed from the rooftops. So if we're tempted to step over the line to get what we want, stop and think. There is a big red traffic light. You may be able to get away with it here, but the story of Naboth says we won't be able to get away with it in the final judgment. Secondly, I think when we don't get what we want, we can ask God to give us the content, gift of contentment with what we have and who we are. So in 1 Timothy chapter 6, Paul writes, Godliness with contentment is great gain. But if we have food and clothing with these, we will be content. And he writes in Philippians, when he is in prison, that he has learned in whatever situation I am, to be content. The gift of contentment is very precious. It begins with the recognition that God has put me to be the person he has made me, that he put me where he put me, with the people who he has given me, that he, and that he has given me what he has given me. And because he loves me, who I am, where I am, and what I have is okay. If Ahab had only been able to see that, he would not have needed to allow his desire for Naboth's plot of land to grip him. Maybe you wanted to have children, but were never able to have them. Don't live your life full of regrets, but give thanks to God for what and for who he did give you, and for the fact that you are worth everything to him. Or maybe you love that person who is unobtainable. Thank God for them. But ask God to give you the grace to move on. To realise that it's just hormones in us. I know that's easier said than done. And to thank him that even if you never meet someone who is obtainable, you are not a lesser person, but you are profoundly beloved by him. Yes, we need to develop the gifts that he has given us and we need to grow to become the people he has made us to be. But we don't need to be striving to become some fantasy that we are not. He made you to be you. And he loves you as you. Thirdly, we need to learn to direct our desires, especially if they are for things we cannot have, toward the right thing. 
James writes in chapter 4, What causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire and do not have, so you murder. It's almost commentary on our passage. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. Desire is not wrong. God made us to love and to want. What is so often wrong is what we desire. We need to examine ourselves and ask, what is it that I am really seeking? What is it that Ahab really wanted when he wanted that vegetable garden so badly that he turned a blind eye to what Jezebel was doing? Maybe in the desire for a vegetable garden, we're looking to satisfy our longing to be doing something creative or useful or to be independent or to be able to get out of the house or to... I I don't know. I'm not into the psychology of gardening. If I have a choice between digging or Asda, Asda win every day. (laughs) Let me put it this way. At our deepest level, we desire significance and value, meaning and fulfillment. We desire beauty, power, love and eternity. Those are good things to desire. But if we think that those desires will be satisfied if we get rich or become a celebrity or have a sexually exciting partner or gain promotion or live in a bigger house with a vegetable garden, then we've got it very wrong indeed. It was the conviction of the women and men who did renounce the things of this world to live in monastic communities or on the very edge of things as hermits that as we get to know God, so we will find that our deepest desires are satisfied in him. And so we will be set increasingly free from the desire for those other things of this world. One of the ways to handle it when we don't get what we want is to come to God and to ask him for that wisdom which enables me to see, to see what I really really want why do I want that person that Aston Martin that house that vegetable garden and then we can bring those deeper desires to God the story would have been so different if Ahab had turned to God and prayed my father who loves me why do I want help me to see why I wanted that vineyard so much And would you please satisfy that deeper desire in me? And James continues in chapter 4, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. What happens when we don't get what we want? I do hope of what some of what I've been teaching is helpful. But it is a huge subject, so, so much more could have been said. But it's also critical. And forgive me for going even harder as I come to the end. Because we see how many Christians shipwreck their faith because they don't get what they want. And it either eats them up 
or it leads them to destroy others. And I'm stressing this because the statistical certainty is that there are people like Ahab here. I am speaking to nobody specific. There is nobody I'm thinking of. But statistically, there will be people like Ahab here. We know who we are. And we know what it is that we want. And we know that we can't have it. And we really need to deal with it. We need to let it go, because if we don't, it will destroy other people, and it will ultimately destroy ourselves. So our Father God, I pray that you would work in us, and that you would show us our true hearts, and show us our true desires. And help us to bring them to you, the God who loves us, the God of justice, but also the God of mercy. Amen.